What's good, Liberty fans and WNBA fans? We are going to bring you a preview of the Commissioner's Cup on this episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. Hey, women's basketball fans, welcome to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media and hosted by Erica L. Ayala. Welcome to another episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans as part of Black Rosie Media. I am your host, Erica L. Ayala, and yo, we got the squad back, fam. We got Misha Jones in the house, Brian, once again, Brian Florentin right here with us. And we are going to talk, this is basically the podcast where we talk about the Las Vegas Aces and the New York Liberty. And it's it's appropriate timing. <laughs> it's appropriate timing. We've got on Tuesday, uh, it will be the day that this is going live. Uh, we're recording Monday night, but... It's Commissioner's Cup, the Commissioner's Cup Championship. We've had, I believe, two Commissioner's Cups. This will be the third annual. The Aces have one in the bag. Seattle Storm has one in the bag, which means, of course, Brianna Stewart has won one of these before. Um, but it's not just the Commissioner's Cup, is it, Brian? There's something about these two teams this this year that they just they just keep, like, linking up one way or another. <laughs> yep. It's like... The best way I like to think about it is that whenever the two best are, are, are competing against something, they're always supposed to meet at the top of the mountain. So we have the best on the West Coast. We have the best on the East Coast. And then we've got them meeting for high stakes, big money, big big charitable donations. So this is pretty much the highlight of the early part of this, this, this portion of the schedule. Yeah, for sure. And Misha, I know you you hit us up and you were like, yo. When we talk about this matchup, I got some things. I got some things I want to talk about. What for you is the most compelling thing uh, from someone who's played basketball, who coaches, but also now, you know, is is uh, is someone who's in the booth talking basketball. What is so compelling about these two teams? Well, first and foremost, and it's something that I think a lot of people across platforms this entire season have talked about. These are two teams that when you line up at the starting blocks with them, you know they're going to be full sprint from top to bottom, from the beginning to the end. And the question really is, like, can you keep up with the pace? Can you keep up with the intensity? Um, can you score? Can you produce at the at the rate that they're producing at? Because we've mm. seen teams, you know, like a Washington, like an Indiana or, or other teams who've tried defensively beefing up. And you can try. You can try all you want to. But the fact of the matter is they have weapons from top to bottom. Um, and it really is going to take an offensive minded team, um, not offensive minded necessarily, because you got to play defense to win games. We know D wins championships, um, part. but you know, the offense for, for those of, of us like myself who love shooting percentages to be high, seeing the ball go through the net uh, from three and otherwise, this is, these are two teams that, you know, they're going to, they're going to have fireworks on the offensive side of the court. All right. You know, this uh, analysis by Misha brought to you by Can You Keep Up? Hey, that's what was in my head. I was like, let's go. Because you cannot lose your breath. You lose your breath with one of these two teams and they will, they, you're gassed. You're done. Mm -hmm. Dead. Mm -hmm. Like transition, 
they'll they'll crush you in transition transition defense has to be on point like all of it i love it i love it i love it so speaking of brian like last last if, if we were to ask that question right and hit a little destiny's child the answer to the liberty was no they could not keep up with the aces but what happened in barclays center on august 6th let us know oh <laughs> uh, the big thing that that stood out to me that game was that the Liberty muscled Vegas in ways that we haven't seen in a long time. They doubled them up on the boards, 48 to 24. They swarmed Asia every time she got the ball. They dared her to make those extra special passes and tight corners and tight pockets. And when, when Vegas did get open shots, they couldn't convert. When the Liberty did get up, get rebounds, they they were out on the run. There were a bunch of plays where they got easy baskets in transition. There was one highlight play in particular off a basic rebound. Stewie and Sabrina had an easy give and go from like the center of the court. That pushed the lead up to 17, got the crowd even more turned up, which really just kept kept building and building and building and building and building. And, you know, New York, they were in Vegas' grill all game long. Nothing was easy. There was no, there was no letdown. There was no, oh, let me just let them get back in the game. Mm-mm. They were dialed in in a championship level and in a way that really is reminiscent and gives you a feel for just how scary this team could be when they're all the way dialed in. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit when we were in Barclays, but Becky Hammond, now officially a Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer. Congrats to the coach. She is actually in as a player, but we're going to see. She probably go in as a coach as well. But, um, you know, she talked that it was a butt whooping, straight up and down, in and out. You know, you can't get around it. Sometimes that's just going to happen. So, Misha, there were – and Brian and I talked about this a little bit last episode, but – um. In what ways would you think or did you see that the early contact to the head to Asia Wilson impacted, if at all, this Aces squad? Or do you think it was going to be Liberty stomping on them the whole way? Honestly, I mean, Asia Wilson, I've seen her get knocked to the ground. We've all seen her get knocked to the ground before. I don't think it was... um, I don't think it's malicious. I hope it wasn't malicious. You know, we can never really speak for intent, but I don't think that in itself was the biggest issue. I just think it was a perfect storm of of things not really going Las Vegas's way. Um, they got outscored. For me, it was the third quarter. They got outscored 30 to nine coming out of the half. Like it's hard to take a, a shot like that to the face against a team like we just talked about, who if you're not keeping up with them, you're going to fall behind quickly. Um, and, you know, Asia didn't have a great night. Um, Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum, they, they kept them in the game for the first half. But once New York, like Brian said, figured out how to stay in their grills, how to cut things off, be in passing lanes, um, get some turnovers forced, kind of keep them cool, it was, it was all in New York. And, you know, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes teams are not going to have good nights. Um, and for this, for this one, it was all about who made shots and who had possession of the ball. I also think rebounding the basketball was a huge, Woo! huge, huge. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that. Aren't we? That was a huge point of emphasis um, for New York because at, at the half, Vegas is losing 26 to 12 on the boards. That's almost unheard of. Um, and by the end of the game, you know, it was it was quite a discrepancy. It was quite a, a lead that. New York had in terms of the board. So it's possession, it's making shots, um, and it's staying on pace. And if you can't stay on that pace, you're going to fall behind. Yeah, that part. See, I love that you're, you bring the offense. Um, you, Brian, everybody, everybody and their mama know I love defense. So that game for me, on the one hand, as someone who follows the New York Liberty through this podcast, 
I was like, yeah, y'all needed y'all needed this. Like JJ needed this. You know, that's why JJ is here. You know, that's why Vandersloot is there to boon those numbers, rebounding and assists. And we've seen the impact that it's made. It took a little bit more time out the gate for for JJ for Jonquel Jones, um, but that's what we needed. On the other hand. I was like, come on, Aces. Just as someone, just as someone who is always going to be a stickler for defense, regardless of the team, whether I have a podcast or any rooting interest, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cut apart so, some bad defense <laughs> and some bad defensive plays because there's just some things that it's about the hustle and it's about if you were mentally tapped into the game or not, such as boxing out. Boxing out is a very simple thing, very simple, and yet. We see at the elite level, women's, men's, especially in men's basketball, okay? Um, <laughs> sometimes those very basic things that you learn early on, they don't, you don't always see it. Like you, you might take an extra step or two, LeBron James, um, you know, and that's just, that's just how the game is. But it matters. Maybe not now in the regular season, you're going to get your butt whooped, but it's going to matter real quick for both of these teams and at least with more money on the line, the first time that it's going to matter for real, for real is Tuesday night for the commissioner's cup. So we put out an ask Misha and Brian uh, on social media, including YouTube. And we got some folks that chimed in on some questions that they wanted us to address. So we're going to get ready to transition into now our preview, our version of a preview of the Commissioner's Cup. And so I want to start with this question. Uh, so Fern asks, what do we expect the response to be from Vegas in terms of the screens and rescreen action we saw from New York to force mismatches. Misha, I'm going to bring this one over to you, and then Brian, have you chime in, especially given what we heard from the New York Liberty since the August 6th game. So um, first and foremost, I don't expect a whole lot to change. I, I think matching up at this level is, you know, primarily the defense that most teams are going to have to play for for more possessions than not. Um, just mm -hmm. because, like we said earlier, defense wins championships, and at the end of the day if there are mismatch situations where you've got Sabrina attacking one-on-one -on -one against Asia or against Kia or whoever, they're professionals. you got to, at some point, there's going to be a breakdown. You have to trust them to be able to handle themselves on an island. And that's just the fact of the matter. However, comma, the question to me are, the questions to me, however, me are, <laughs> when there are breakdowns, <laughs> I love a good however, comma. My friends think it's insane, but you know. I thing. love it. I like oh. it. <laughs> Um, I have two questions. And the first one is, is when there are breakdowns, how do they scramble? Um, mm -hmm. There are teams who, when there's the rotation goes wrong or somebody's matched up with the wrong person in transition, they give up easy buckets. That can't happen. Like we said, against a team like New York or against a team like Vegas, you have to shore those up. Um, so how do they scramble? And then how will Benajah shoot? How will JJ shoot? How will Sloop be shooting? And how aggressive will they be offensively? Because to me, the, the off person who has to guard them is going to be that person who uh, has to help off of that mismatch in situations where you have Stewie up top being guarded by Kelsey Plum or you have Sabrina up top being guarded by a big. Um, and so if you've got your off guards and your off players being super aggressive, it takes away from your ability to help when there are those mismatches. So um, but as far as like zone. That's that sounds like Brian. We're gonna get to you with the zone because I'm all about playing man to man. I'm all about you know stand stand on your own two feet. Don't let somebody get past you and don't let them get uh get buckets. 
Yeah, on that side, I I'd be surprised if Vegas went into zone because when when after they lost the, the Liberty game, they they broke up a zone against Dallas and they were able to sort of pulverize the wing that way. But the big difference between us and Dallas is that all up and down this roster, so you can't really afford to sort of play zone because they'll just shoot over the top. So that part you have to be careful about. And I think also for the Aces, I think that. They, Becky has always sort of like preached defense for this team. And even after great one, she's like, oh, we could be better on, at defense. And now that they've been in town for the past couple of days, they haven't had to come from Vegas to New York City, even with a few days off. Just being in your house, just having this week to just sort of be there, circle this game on the calendar and be able to sort of like prepare and game plan for this team. I think that they're going to come out with a lot more, with a lot better focus on defense this time around. And I think have having Asia, who in that first quarter was fantastic on the defensive end, having her out there and being able to sort of like play her big, big, big minutes tonight, I think will sort of help clean up a lot of the mistakes that the Aces made on defense. So I'm looking, I'm looking to them to play a lot more man-to-man. I don't, I don't envision them doing, doing zone against New York. And I think they'll try to be a little bit more physical when they, when they, when they, when, you know, like when they are matched up with somebody and on those switches be more concise and clean when it comes to those. Yeah. I, I agree with what both of y'all are saying. I don't think defensively we'll see too many changes. I think if if anything you see change defensively, it will be that the Aces, um, at best, I felt like they looked lethargic. But even that, I feel like, uh, but I mean, I don't know. They were just a step behind. And um, I think... Um, I think they just were fatigued for one reason or another, and they never got comfortable. They never found their groove. Now, I think a decent amount of that can be just the aces at that particular game and that particular time in the season. I don't think it helped that the New York Liberty were on the opposite side of the spectrum. Probably soup to nuts, you know, zero to 40, they're one of their most complete games. And things were humming for most everybody. And that's the way that the New York Liberty want to play. That's the way the New York Liberty say, have said that's their aim to play that way. And as Brian and I have talked about, and Misha, you know, when, when they had those series against Washington, those games against Washington, we talked about this too. It was about quite honestly with both of those teams where the consistency was going to come for the New York Liberty that they were coming out of an off season with some injuries. And then just unfortunately like a wonky concussion issue with Courtney Vandersloot. And that has continued to be the bugaboo for Washington and players coming in and out of, of that roster. And not for that. I mean, would we see Washington maybe in a little bit of a different spot in, in the standings? And, and I mean, as and we were kind of joking offline because I don't know if y'all saw, but that hit that uh, around the rim did on uh, Tarika Foster Brasby. I'm just going to remix one of those <laughs> with you real quick, Misha. Is Washington running out of time or are we in Camp LaChina Robinson where they absolutely have time, Tarika? <laughs> So look, so look, I've been retweeting this for the past couple of games that you y'all are funny. <laughs> look at look at them, look at them, y'all trying to gang up on the all right, all right. I'ma still rep. I'ma still rep. No. Um I I've been retweeting a tweet that I tweeted a while ago. Um it's it's 
it's hard to say when teams have had injuries like in the middle of the season, in the thick of it. You've got folks like uh, Saisha Gori had big minutes for DC when EDD's been out, when Shakira's been out. Um, and, you know, injuries happen. They're part of the game. But I'm not, I'm not counting out DC just yet. I think that because they've had time to get reps for Tiana Hawkins, to get reps for Shatori Walker-Kimbrough, to get reps for Lee Mung. I mean, at the beginning of the season, she wasn't starting, folks. She was coming off the bench, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken. And so getting those folks real game opportunities against, you know, the Aces, against the Liberty, and, and having them spell an EDD or Akira and folks who have been out for a while, that's going to do nothing but help them come playoff time. I think the real question is how quickly can EDD, can Kira – um, can folks gel back into the system once they're back? And I think we saw, you know, Kira uh, played last night um, and she looked pretty well. She was moving laterally, laterally extremely well, had a couple of really nice moves, nice plays. Um, so the question really becomes now that Washington has gotten their bench production up, they've gotten them experience, they've gotten them minutes. How do they gel together once playoff time comes? And yes. for me, Natasha Cloud has been important in that. And Brittany Sykes, the poppy crop uh, crew, I think they call themselves on, on uh, <laughs> I saw that on the Mystics Twitter yesterday. I thought that was so funny. Shout out to Tyler, uh, Tyler Bynum or Byram. Um, but I think they've done a fantastic job of keeping the morale high. That's so important mm -hmm. in situations where you're missing folks and you're having losses that you didn't expect to have coming into the season. I don't think this Mystics team is one that's selfish. I don't think it's one that um, gets their heads down and keeps their heads down. I think this is a resilient group. Um, and as, you know, more folks come back into the fold, I'm excited to see the way they, they rocket ship into the playoffs because I think folks are counting them out and they shouldn't be. Listen, see, this is why I, as much as Misha, you were like, oh, no, I got to, you know, I want to be hanging out with y'all talk about. I was like, oh, absolutely. When Misha's <laughs> me on the show, because the way you broke that down and Brian, I'm going to kick it to you in a minute because I loved what you talked about when it came to involving the bench players and keeping morale high. Brian and I last week were in New York and going to practices and we were focused on Steph Wilson coming back, reintegrating from injury and what the realistic expectations are on the court versus the importance of having someone reintegrate now so that they're game ready when their number absolutely needs to be called further down the line. So Brian, hearing what Misha said, I want to take it to you. And again, thinking about Marine Johannes, even what Kate, I believe it was KT that told us, um, I think it was Jackie asked that you started seeing that it's not the starting five and then the bench players that even in practice, they're starting to integrate the squads a little mm -hmm. bit. And so mm -hmm. that's what I wanted, Brian, for you to take us back um, to Barclays and, and what the Liberty is saying about being able to blend all of those things, reintegrating players, getting players confidence up, but then also getting significant minutes from the bench. How is that also coinciding with this six game? Is it six or seven now? Um, this winning streak that the New York Liberty is on. Six. Six. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing that sort of stood out to me about Marine in the past couple games is the level of aggression 
there, there had been plenty of times this year where she would just pass up wide open shots and just sort of like get herself into a, into a bind where it's like, Maureen, the shot is right there. Take it. Or Maureen, the lane is right there. Don't pass out. You have a lane to the basket. Something that she's sort of taken care of in the past couple of games is just like a, attacking the basket with, with the level of assertiveness that we're used to. Like there was one, there, there were a couple of plays where she's like, where she got it, she, 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 she drove and got that layup. So I think for Maureen, it's just a matter of maintaining that confidence and not trying to sort of like be sort of like too unselfish in a sense where you're thinking, oh, if I make this pass, it's better, but not if I have the shot and it's in this world, in this world of offense, take it. It's there. It's okay. No one's going to be mad. Sandy wants you to do that. So I think it's a matter of just sort of like regaining that comfort and just that inner confidence in yourself of just being like, oh, I know what I'm doing. This is this is my shot. I'm, I'm going to take, take that. I'm going to make it. So I think that's been a big thing that I've mentioned before, a lot more with Sabrina Ionescu in recent games. Um, last year, Maureen and Sab played a lot together, and we really saw Maureen unlock a big part of her game. And Sandy has been giving her more minutes with Sabrina. Usually she's the first player off the bench to sort of spell Van and just give her some more time to rest up. And I think it's worked wonders for the team, just giving them another ace three-point shooter, another ball handler, and someone who, who's great moving off the ball. So I think just having that sort of like chemistry with someone she's, she's, she spent a lot of time playing with last season has sort of like given her that extra boost as well too. And I think the consistent encouragement from Stephanie Dawson on the bench is always telling her, hey, don't put your head down. Stay confident. We, we got you. You're good. I think that's helped her a lot too. And I feel like the team has, has come together to really uplift her and make sure that she's always sort of appreciated. She's always uplifted and given confidence. So that way, even when she puts her head down for a second, they're like, mm -mm, pick yourself back up. You're good. Get back and focus on the next one. And then we got you back. That's real. Yeah, I think um, especially with Maureen Johannes, you're absolutely right. Her decision making has become not just more aggressive for the like for, like in a physical way, but it's become more confident. You see that she's taking opportunities, just like you said, Brian, and taking them and looking for her shot first. And I think that's so important. And um, you know, given what you talked about, Brian and I, Misha, have talked a lot about how when Maureen Johannes is unlocked, she can be just that overall X factor for this New York Liberty squad because of the versatility that she has a lot of potential to have right now. I think it's still getting her a little bit more comfortable with the ball in her hands um, at that true one spot, but I think everything else will slip and fall into place as she continues to grow. So then my question is, and this actually, it's not even my question. See, look at me taking credit for other people's questions. That's shady. Um, <laughs> Not shady. Oh, <laughs> oh we throw a shade. Okay. I'm not, okay. I'm not shady, I promise. At least not on purpose. <laughs> um uh they they see over on YouTube has uh, a question for us that I think fits into this. Um, but but Misha, I'm gonna go to you first and then to Brian. Who's the X factor for these two teams heading into the Commissioner's Cup championship on Tuesday night? Yeah, so for me, I'm thinking for Vegas, it's Alicia Clark. We were just talking about her back situation um, and whether or not, you know, she sat the last game just to be in, in preparation for this one. That wouldn't surprise me um, from Becky Hammond. Uh, but we all know Alicia Clark, first and foremost, as a defender. She's a weapon. 
She is a weapon def defending the perimeter. She's a weapon even defending the post, fronting against people who are bigger than her, fighting for those rebounds. I think in their last matchup, she had five boards um, against the Liberty. So I think she's one of those players that might not show up in the scoring column as much, um, but she makes those hustle plays. She draws charges. She does things that gets Las Vegas more possessions. And when we're talking about, again, I'll keep coming back to it. These are two teams you have to stay on pace to win games. And if you're losing possessions, you're losing the race. Um, for New York, your fave, JJ, she's got to be my X factor. I think she's, I love, I love, 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 love to see her flourish since the All-Star break, uh, rebounding the ball, scoring the ball more. And um, I think, you know, this is going to be a tale similar to their last matchup. Rebounding is going to be very important and talking about possessions again if she can rebound the ball extremely well she has double figure reboundings if i had to make a bet if she's over 10 boards new york has a better chance of winning this game than if she's under you know um not gonna tell y'all what to do though i don't want you to put money on none because of me i don't like losing money um <laughs> especially not on behalf of, of someone else um <laughs> but yeah it would be it would be jay Day for me for New York. Um, she she can come up big on offense too if Sabrina doesn't have a great night or if Brianna Stewart is having a harder time finding her shots. So yeah, that'll have to be my two. Ryan, what about you? I would say for, I'll start with the Liberty first. Someone I'm gonna go with is Benash Malini. B picked up Chelsea Gray full court the entire game, and that had a great effect of slowing down Vegas's offense. Usually they're able to get into their stuff super quick, but Chelsea having to expend just a little bit more energy every time down made it a little bit more complicated for Vegas, and especially with the Liberty scoring the way they did, Vegas would always have to sort of score against a set half-court Liberty defense. So I think for B, just being able to work with Chelsea Gray, pick her up all oh, pick her up 94 feet. And then on offense, if Vegas does have switches where there, there are more situations where Plum is guarding her again, she can take them right. She could take Kelsey right to the block and immediately punish that mismatch. So I think that for, for the Liberty, just having be locked in the way that she is, is going to open up even more for them. And she did it late against Indiana, but if, if, if you need a clutch basket at the end, you can just, you can put the ball in her hand in the corner and be like, B, we need something. She got it, game over. So having that extra scoring option and one who can really do everything at the high level that she does, I think is super valuable and one that will really sort of like help, especially considering how dynamic Vegas is in the perimeter. And for Vegas, I'm kind of split between Stokes and Plum. I'll, I think I'll hold off on Stokes for now. I'm, I might come back to it a little bit later, but I think I'll go with Kelsey Plum. In, in the last matchup, Sabrina went off, and a lot of that was because she was, like, a lot bigger and stronger than Plum, and then she'd get by her, she'd muscle her a little bit and make things hard on Kelsey. And Kelsey, for as great as a, as a scorer as she is, if if she isn't able to handle that size with UNESCO, and if UNESCO is hot, that, that opens up a, a world of nightmares for big are hunting her on every time out that's going to create a whole lot of complications for las vegas and things they're going to have to sort of scramble and figure out in real time so i think for kelsey just being able to do a good a better job when when she has the unesco matchup being able to get into her space not getting beat off handoffs not getting beat on drives i think her defensive effort she she definitely has the intensity for it like like plum don't back down for nothing so I think she's going to need that in a big way. And on offense, 
if she is able to sort of like break the defense down and get to the basket, just being able to sort of finish over Stewie and JJ, or if the Liberty collapse down in the paint and throw four people at Asia and be like, Asia's not beating us, someone else will have to. I think it should have to be the person that heats up and, and, and sort of like gets crazy from downtown in that regard. So I think for Kelsey, when she does get those open opportunities, she's got to cash in on every single one of them. Because if I'm betting for the Liberty, they're going to make it so that way Asia is not going to be the person to beat them. Like they they respect her too much to let her sort of go for 40 like other teams have. So you got to make sure that you just like lock in on her, make her pass her. I, I didn't mean to do that. I swear to God. I, <laughs> he said, Oh, cloud cover is overcast today. <laughs> it's overcast today. It's all right. It's cool. It's cool. Oh, Speak your mind. Speak else. your mind. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Y'all are hilarious. I cannot. I can't. But yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on Kelsey Plum. I think. Uh, Sabrina took advantage of that matchup last time they matched up. I, I, she really, really did. And I think it was Alfred Coriat um, from Twitter. So sorry if I'm saying your, not, your name wrong, Alfred. But I think you did a fantastic video breakdown of the way that Sabrina Inescu found space behind those rescreen actions um, when Kelsey Plum went over the top and how late, excuse me, how late the rest of Vegas's defense could be to rotate and where she found passes when they did rotate. So, yeah, wholeheartedly agree with you there. And shout out to Alfred. I love that. And I, I want to agree with a lot of what Brian said. And that's why I uh, the two players that I picked, one is exactly who you picked, Brian, for Vegas, and that's KP. And Misha, you know, you just hopped on there too because, I mean, it seems like this game – Given how the the first two played out, neither team is trying to get punked in the paint. Like Not they don't want that because because that's where their team, literally their teams are built through their post players, and they want to be able to play a style where they can dominate there. And so that is JJ, <clears throat> that is Asia, and with Asia, it's throwing everything in the kitchen sink twice at her <laughs> and with JJ <laughs> two times no 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 less than twice and with JJ and Brian and I have talked about this a lot JJ is still the type of player that if you either fatigue her and or you frustrate her that can take her outside of her game um it, it it's getting better and Jackie Powell shout out to Jackie Powell on the New York the pretty beat but we were talking about how she definitely has matured to kind of absorb some of that that is inevitable no post player in the WNBA is happy about how the game is called so take that with a grain of salt but there is there are times where you can see that she will let her frustration bubble over and while I agree with you Misha from our conversation earlier I don't think that that elbow early on uh, to Asia in that August 6th game that I, I would put money that I'm not a betting woman, but if I were, I would put money that that was not intentional. And if you told me that JJ maybe put a little extra mustard on her elbows, not in that scenario necessarily, but that generally speaking, she can be that player. I would say yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and Hey, listen, but listen, I talked about this. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or not, but I say this all the time. 
and asked Diana Taurasi to her face about it. So listen, X Factor folk, don't come at me because <laughs> don't come for her. And I are cool. she's done for you. T and I are cool. So just I just want y'all to know. But Diana Taurasi is the type of player she's not getting calls. Whenever whenever she's fed up, anywhere from three to five fouls into her being fed up about how the game is being called, the next play, first of all, she's going to run and get aggressive on defense. And when I mean aggressive, she will, if she could, she would take the the opponent and literally throw them into the crowd. Like she's like, I'm going to foul the crap out of you as if to make a point. It's like, first of all, I'm, I'm going to show you that I just want to make sure you can still blow the whistle because you ain't doing it for me. So I'm just going to see what do I have to do? to get a whistle blown. okay that's where we're at okay cool like i feel like she really be playing those mind games with herself and other and and the officiating squad but um you know but jj can have some of that a little bit and she's like all right if this is not how the game is gonna go i'm gonna have to force the issue and if that means i gotta get a foul just so they tighten up then that's what we're gonna do but what we're not gonna do is have me getting slapped and slashed the whole game well so I, go ahead yeah. Well, I think that's a fantastic point. And, you know, I don't want to derail us too far, but, you know, it's the kind of stuff that when we watch the men's game, there are a lot of the greats who are, you know, we, we have a whole documentary where Kobe runs through Pau Gasol, his Lakers yeah. teammate. You know what I'm saying? So there, there's a big difference to me as, as a former player between being dirty and being intense and trying to you know what I mean be strategic correct um folks yeah. always say when I when I grew up all my coaches always said you have to be the aggressor defensively and you have to be the aggressor offensively so you can set the tone for the way that the game will be played and the exactly. way that the game will be officiated um 100%. and you know all the other you know stuff about whether or not you get riled up you get frustrated that's neither here nor there what we're talking about is strategy what we're talking mm -hmm. about is ensuring that you can play the way that you want to play and you know what, DT, I understand because I was somebody who used to get fouled all the time too. And that's not fun. It's not, it's not. fun. It's people. really not. It's not and fun. AJ knows that. JJ knows that. And, you know, I think with JJ and just players that are, you know, on the taller side, especially in the WNBA, like they just be getting this. Like, no, you got, you could take that. You be I, like, what? Like, no, we're not doing that. That's not how it works. Every player should be protected the same way. Yeah. Correct. And unfortunately, I, I do think my my eye test says that that has been inconsistent. At best, it's been inconsistent. I think players would argue it's an outright problem. Like, And I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, they have problem. they have this entire season. <laughs> Correct. I mean, we've seen it in yeah. Washington. We've seen it with New York. We've definitely NECA always like NECA always got something to say and NECA don't be just talking. So, you know, um, man, and that's crazy because I think it's I think she's right sometimes. I really do. But anyway, like you said, we're going to have to like we're going to have to have topical Maybe in the off season, we're just gonna have like where we just go in on like one specific topic. Um, just rant I have podcast. Yes, I have. Yes, just Black Rose Media <laughs> rant. That's it. Um, but um, I wanted the other player that I had in mind, and it's someone that we've already mentioned. But given that I do think that this game is going to be locked down defensively, it's going to be locked down in the paint anything from mid-range definitely anything small small i say small ball because uh, i'm a baseball person but I, that's gonna be on lock i really do feel that both teams are gonna be on their a game so that means for me 
I do think that we'll see a defensive change or at minimum we'll see the aces throw multiple looks at Sabrina Ionescu for the reasons that we talked about before, because she is an X factor. She was the X factor in game two and with her physicality. I thought that was a great point. She will need to be the way I think this game is playing out an X factor from the arc. But the reason that I'm not going to pick her is because I do think the aces, although they do want to lock down, they're also just like um, New York is not going to want to let Asia drop 40. I don't think the aces want Sabrina to drop 40. Um, I mean, they don't want Sabrina or Stewie to drop 40, but I mean, I think that if they do what they need to do in the paint, then that in some regard can take care of Stewie. I think then if you're really focusing and they play really tough defense on Stewie and on Sab, that's going to leave somebody open to take shots. So I'm okay with Banaja being an X factor because she can be that player, but who else can be that player and who I think if, if they really get this game going, this could be awesome for their confidence. And that is Maureen Johannes. I think Maureen Johannes in a game like this, where it's going to be so tight, it's going to be so physical. She's going to find the empty space. And if the New York Liberty have been doing a better job of finding Maureen Johannes, that is going to be their eject button that is going to be how they can win this particular game against the las vegas aces because quite honestly and i know we mentioned jackie powell and even people have commented this on the gotta get up um videos that people feel that sometimes stewie and sab don't haven't done the best job of finding marine johannes and i always wonder first of all it wasn't something that caught my eye test but then as i heard multiple people say it i was thinking well the way the liberty have been playing especially early on i think it's a little bit of a chicken egg to where if marine is going to take those shots i think she would get fed the ball but if the players on the team maybe are not familiar yet with her full range where she's comfortable taking the shots and they see her cutting maybe a lot or they see her cutting and then dishing if that's not what they think necessitates the the situation is that a a point where maybe they don't give that to marine maybe at a particular time in the shot clock and they try to see another open pass i don't know I'm not sure that i i'm buying exactly that they're not giving her the ball but i could see there be a way that the New York Liberty maybe could overlook what she brings in certain scenarios. I think the New York Liberty are going to have no choice, but to have Maureen Johannes in this kind of game because she's very smart. She reacts very well and she can be hella slippery. And again, everything's going to happen congested in the paint. She can shoot from damn near anywhere and has a quick release like Sabrina Ionescu and will shoot that damn thing. Like, you know, she don't care. It's going up. So I think this could be an interesting game for Maureen Johannes. Full wholeheartedly agree with you there. I think, um, you know, it, the season that she had last year was not lost on me. You know what I mean? And and I hope it isn't lost on a lot of folks out there because she was she was a highlight reel, you know what I mean? And and not even just scoring the ball. I also think in the last matchup between New York and Las Vegas, um, I believe New York doubled up uh Vegas on the assists. And I think if if we're talking about teams that need to get going and stay going offensively, regardless of what you throw at them defensively, not only can Marine stretch the defense, she can find whoever's open. 
um, once she starts hitting shots and they start paying more attention to her. So straight, yeah, straight up agree with you on that one for sure. I want to see her in the game also. She's fun to watch. Like, and her initials are MJ. There's so much, there's so much there. MJ23, come on. Like, (laughs) yeah. And um, just to add to that, I think also with Marine, I think just having someone who can break the defense down a little bit gives, gives New York even more to work with because we know that, New York is so great moving the ball from second to third side. That's that's how they stressed Indiana's defense on Sunday. And I think the more you the more you move the ball, the more you put pressure in that way, the more even defenses are gonna make a mistake and have just that one millisecond of, of room and then you can take advantage. So I think for Marine, just getting on the court, just being able to sort of play freely and and play with fun. And I think a game with stakes like this is gonna be fantastic for her. Like I think everyone in New York still remembers what she did game one against the sky last year. So we know that when it's when it's high stakes basketball time, Marine is going to bring the energy and bring the fun and excitement. So I think a game like this, especially considering that the Liberty flew in on a charter, which they were very happy to share, share with us, which they, hey, why charter? Why charter? It looks great. So they're, they're relaxed. They're in Vegas. They got in safely. They got a chance to get a practice in today. So they're going to have a little bit of time just to like get acclimated and comfortable. So I think with that, it'll give them a little bit extra bounce to work with. And I think that Marine in particular is someone who's going to be able to adapt to the nature of this game and do well. Yeah. And um, we have one more question that I want to get to from VJC. And um, it is, is not having CP, CP3, Candace Parker, active for the Aces too big of a hindrance? I think this is an interesting question. Um, but Brian, let's actually go to you first on this. So the question, as it is stated, is not having Candace Parker a hindrance, uh, presumably to the Aces. And what are your thoughts there? You know, that's a fascinating question because I think we talked about it in the last game that the Liberty didn't really pay Kia Stokes much of any mind. They When they were swarming Asia, people like Stokes were left wide open. So it's one of those things where Kia, for as good as first, she doesn't sort of like strike fear in the defense the way that Candace does. Candace can start the fast break. She can operate the offense. She can handle the ball. She can do everything well. For the team, she's, she's almost like a Swiss army knife in a lot of respects. And Kia, who is, as Kelsey Plum would say, the spine of the Aces defense, on offense, she doesn't really give you that. So it's a situation where if there's one player you have you can ignore on the Aces starting five, it will probably be her just by default. So it, it sort of like jumps things up a little. But I think also on the other end, they're going to need a big game out of her tonight because Becky, the the Vegas bench is a weak spot with Candace out. So they're going to need 30 plus minutes out of Kia and they're going to need her to battle JJ on the glass when Dolson's in the game. That's another physical body who can, who can create havoc and stress in that way. So they're going to need a, a huge, a huge game out of her when she is open to shoot those threes confidently and without any hesitation so that way if the liberty are throwing three for asia wilson and you're open in the corner catch it let it fly don't even think twice about it so i think for kia this is going to be a great showcase game for her and i think she's going to really have to be the one to make sure jj doesn't get going on the 
on the paint if if there are rebounds to be had. Don't let JJ back tap it out to extend possessions and sort of get the aces defense scrambling, sort of get to the open person. Yeah, I mean, wholeheartedly agree with you there, Brian. I think um, Kia Stokes, you know, she's another one of those players that I, I'm always going to sing her praises just because she does do all those little things. But when you're missing CP3 from this lineup, um, and you don't necessarily have a bunch of depth. Like I've loved, to, I've loved what I've seen from Kirsten Bell. Um, and outside of that, you know, they've gotten Kayla Georgian and Sid Colson and and Elena Coates in sparingly, but nothing too crazy. And um, for me, CP3 not being in the lineup is is a big issue for rebounding. Um, I <laughs> think that when you've got a team like New York who has bigs that match you in size, you're not going to necessarily have an advantage there. You're going to be battling all night and. Um, the best championship teams, no matter what sport we're talking about, no matter what level we're talking about, and no matter what gender we're talking about, frankly, down the stretch, you see uh, role players step up and, and make big plays. But depth is extremely important. And I think this is something that not just Vegas lacks. I think that sometimes, you know, there's moments where, like you're just talking about, I would love to see Marina in more often for New York. Um, but getting back specifically to CP3, she's she's great on the boards. I also think offensively, in those late clock situations that uh, that New mm. York, hopefully with their defense, is going to try to force Vegas into. When CP3 ends up with that ball in her hands, Brian, like you're just talking about, Kia Stokes does sometimes, CP3 can make that play. You know what I mean? She can go 1v1. Mm. She can get to the free throw line. She can get an and one, hit a three. Um, and frankly, I think that's super important. I think having somebody to be able to spell Asia Wilson and somebody to be able to spell mm. Kia Stokes for the loads that they're about to be carrying in this game it's not. It's never ideal to not have somebody you can put in and have the same amount of size, especially um, in a game like this. And I think we also take for granted CP3 is an excellent passer. She's an excellent passer. In their last matchup, I'll say it again, the Vegas Aces did not have enough assists in the second half. The ball got stuck in the third quarter. They tried to go 1v1 too often. Meanwhile, New York was sharing the ball, getting to that second and third side, like you just talked about, Brian. Um, and CP3 is, is a master at finding the open person. When, you're got, when you've got defenses that are keyed in on, on Chelsea Gray, on Kelsey Plum, on Jackie Young at the guard spot, she can make those plays. She can get the ball where it needs to be um, quickly and efficiently and get people open looks. So... Um, yeah, I think they miss her a lot. However, comma, there it is again, Erica. However, comma, I don't think it's too big a hindrance for them to not be able to win this game. I won't say that. I will say, though, down the stretch, I would love to see CP3 back in action because I think she's going to be an extremely important piece to their playoff run. And see, that's where my mind went for this question, because to me, the if I answer the question that's being asked, my answer is no. Not having CP3 is not a hindrance for this is winning this season and not a hindrance in a single game against the New York Liberty. Full stop. However, is not having CP3 start working her way back into a lineup now going to be a hindrance if and when they could utilize her later? So for some reason, exactly. that's where my mind went with the question because I think that's more realistic. We, we, I don't think there's anyone who was expecting CP three to play in, in Tuesday night's game. Right. So, but you know, given what we've said, quite frankly about both teams, because the depth, um, 
is questionable. And I'm glad, Brian, that you mentioned Steph Dolson because I do think that this puts the liberty. I would say if we had a healthy Steph Dolson going into this matchup at this point in the series uh, or in the season, excuse me, I do think that having a healthy Steph Dolson and not having CP3 for the Aces it could make a massive difference because, Misha, what what you just said about how important rebounding is. The thing of the matter is that we're just starting to integrate Steph Dolson back in. It seemed like there was maybe some trepidation or hesitancy, certainly nerves, um, and Steph was very open about that as far as making that return. So now to have, I guess, what now her third game back from a significant um, amount of time away with injury be an aces game with money on the line, you know, that's a high task. And I don't know how far the Liberty is with waving a complete green flag for Steph versus having to manage her minutes. If, if just for full basketball fitness alone. So I think while the CP three question, 